podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Fitstairs Edge Rush with me, your host, Nat Coombs. We are proudly sponsored by Fitstairs. Not just sponsored, but proudly sponsored by them. You know why? Because they offer more ways to bet than any other bookie. And if your prop isn't listed, and this is what Propo loves, maybe more than life itself, you can get in touch with a friendly broking team on live chat at Fitstairs. They'll give you a price. So Propo fills his boots every week. 21 plus, begambleaware.org. It is another weekend of NFL action, which means it is time for Edge Rush, FFS, the double header. Speaking of double headers, Propo Ben Isaacs in the house. Fellas, great to see you. Propo, tell me you weren't on the under last night in Thursday Night Football. No, I wasn't on the under. Actually, funnily enough, because I was obviously saying at the beginning of the season, I think for like the first 10 weeks that the under in primetime games was like 22 and 6. I've actually started flipping that completely and going wow. on the over because it kind of retracts to the mean eventually. So I'm actually backing overs in prime time because over the past couple of weeks, that has been the successful sort of method. And obviously I think they've overreacted like the line last night being 35 and a half. That was a massive overreaction to the Raiders being shut out. Mm. And uh, yeah, I actually had a really good night last night, but we don't like to talk about successes off the podcast. Cause I Here think we it's go. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah, we do. Hey, I, took, <laughs> I took the over at the Raiders. So I'm happy. Ben, uh, how do you feel about the unders king of Plumpton? just going against not just the trends and the data, but against his very soul. I mean, I know it is a little bit upsetting and it's not, it's not what I want to hear from Ollie. You know, he's got a very distinct personality and a big part of that is his love of the unders, but mm. it's been, it's been the, it's been the course correction from the odds makers that they have, they've over adjusted it. And now some of those, some of those, some of those totals are so low that you've mm-hmm. just, you've just got to go the over. So, yeah. I get it. I, I don't I don't think there's a sense that all of a sudden offenses are scoring like crazy. You know, I mean, we, we went through a golden period and here we are in the year of our Lord 2023 and offenses just seem to have taken the season off apart from last night. So, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with it because he still he still knows he still knows the truth. And he, he can see the he can see the course correction is just an over adjustment and he's still playing it. And I love it. What do we feel about the my favorite bit, definitely of last night, possibly of the season so far, Richard Sherman calling for Coach Staley to be fired at halftime? Ollie, how do we feel? How do we feel about that potential development in the NFL? I think I'm why waste any time? To be completely honest with you, like I, I I'm com- yeah, yeah, I'm, com- I'm completely with Richard Sherman. They would have probably had a better chance without Brandon Staley if you'd got rid of Brandon Staley. It probably would have had a similar reaction to the way that the Raiders team they were playing against last night had when they got rid of Josh McDaniels. If you got rid of Brandon Staley at halftime, we might have seen one of the greatest comebacks in... Would they be smoking cigars at halftime? They would be smoking... <laughs> no, no, they'd be smoking cigars at full time when they cut the loss to like... When they somehow covered the spread to three points, they'd be smoking cigars after the game, celebrating Brandon Staley being out of the building. Because, I mean, do you see his comments after the game as well, where he said, like, I've done enough in the past three years to show that this is just like a flash in the pan, this is an anomaly, and that these happens to like these kind of losses happen to every kind of football coach. You're like, yeah. no, they, these losses don't happen to every kind of football coach. And also, yeah. what the hell has he done in the past three years to sort of justify this? They've had like the worst rushing defense in the NFL, consistently a bottom 10 
NFL defense. Bear in mind, this guy was a defensive coordinator for the LA Rams, and he's taken one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league on a rookie quarterback and managed to get zero playoff wins to show for it. So like, I don't really know what Brandon Staley's saying after that game. Sack him at halftime. Get rid of him now. Ben, uh, ben you know, two uh, things about it. On Firstly, if they did sack him at halftime, would it be a situation where he security would march him out of the march him to his desk he'd have to take would he have to take a box with him would it be that kind of firing <laughs> i the mean other, the other thing i was going to throw in there just hearing propo <laughs> talking about staley in defensive mode and i know you love your vintage wwe ben it reminds you of when like the million dollar man would lose to hulk hogan and then be given an interview afterwards and the protestations about how he was robbed with the Heenan family, like it just completely absurd reasons why they lost. But yeah, he believes it a hundred percent with his with his heart. Yeah, this is this is the worrying thing about NFL head coaches and the the way that they live in their own heads. Like we see it all the time where they'll pick up a player who we know is broken or we know is never gonna be an NFL starter, and they'll think, Do you know what? Everyone else is wrong. I can fix this guy, I can turn this player into an all pro and you get the ones who having like you say no playoff wins really underachieved and then can stand there with a straight face and say well everything i've done over the last few years means i should be given the benefit of the doubt last night was disgusting it was absolutely disgusting and he should be taking a bloody box with him to every game in case that's it now he gets the yank so what it reminds me of is when lane kiffin was coach at USC. And this was like, this was a decade ago, just over a decade ago. He was famously fired on the tarmac. They'd lost 62-41. They landed back in LA as they were getting off the plane. As soon as his feet touched the tarmac, he was told by the athletic director, you're fired, make your own way home. You're Mm. done. They just didn't want to do it on the plane. Just wait until, just Staley's got to go. It uh, makes yeah. no difference firing him now or at the end of the season because the season is on time. Sherman. I mean, come on. All right, let's quickly talk about what this means for two other people. Antonio Pierce, we've been flying that flag as soon as he got the gig. Pierce for the head oh. coaching gig. And Aiden O'Connell as well, who had a had a, certainly the best game of his pro career. I mean, oh, what what do we think about? No, why are we reading? This is this is nothing really on the Raiders. The, how many turnovers did they have in the nothing first quarter? On the this is nothing on the Raiders. They just got shut out by the Vikings last week. Nat, you can't it's then irrelevant. overreact. Irrelevant. You can't overreact to this win against this Chargers team that literally hit the self destruct button, self destruction button for the first half. Like, I don't know if you can now say that Antonio Pierce deserves to get the job off the back of this and that Aidan O'Connor uh, deserves uh, the starting it, job off the back of this. That the game was, is meaningless. For the, the Raiders, it's meaningless. meaningless. Come it's off meaningless. It. Come off it. Okay. I, if the I mean, Dolphins had racked up 60-whatever against them, we'd be we'd be spieling what the, the greatest offense since yeah, No, since we wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Right, look. Okay, let me jump in. I think, yes, we might be talking about that because what we've seen from the Dolphins this season, like, oh, this is another explosive performance. But no, the Raiders have not been doing this. The Raiders were shut out last week. No one's ever been shut out one week and put up 60-odd points the next week. Yeah, but but what you're not, what neither of you are considering here is, yeah, the Raiders were shut out last week, but the Raiders held the Vikings to three points last week. (laughs) The Raiders Raiders are not a bad team. If they were in the NFC, this this is a team that would Mm. be in wildcard contention. So this isn't isn't a knock on the Raiders. But last night was all about the Chargers. Okay, accepted, accepted. Mm. But uh, so in all seriousness then, is there... Okay, let me flip this another way. 
We're going to talk about some of the Saturday games in a bit. And I want to get Propo's take on Jake Browning again, because 34 points in back-to-back games for the Bengals. Who's more likely to start an NFL game next season through merit, not through injury, Jake Browning or Aiden O'Connell? I think probably Jake Browning at this moment in time. Browning will keep if he keeps on rolling, he gets a gig somewhere else. Is what we're I think he'll get a gig somewhere else. I'm um, just largely because of what we've seen in terms of his able, like his ability to game manage, and like obviously he's only played two games, but currently his statistics against the blitz are the best in the NFL, like comfortably, mm. and that is the kind of thing that you can kind of build an offense around. I mean, Joe Burrow must be watching the way that they put this offense around Jake Browning and just being like. When we were struggling at the beginning of the year and I didn't have any mobility, why didn't you do this for me? Why weren't you blocking like this for me? Why weren't you constructing an offense where we were getting Chase Brown open in the backfield and like luring in all these plays and all this kind of playmaking that they were doing? Why wasn't this happening for me at the beginning of the season? Because now you've all got these questions. I saw someone tweet last night saying, oh, the way the offense is playing without Joe Burrow for the Bengals and the way the offense plays without Justin Herbert for the Chargers, this is proof that Justin Herbert's the more talented quarterback than Joe Burrow. And you're just like, (laughs) come off it. But it's just like the offense is built around the way what Jake Browning is good at. And that is luring in a defense, absorbing the pressure, and then utilizing that to his advantage and getting to those short passes to his running backs, to his tight end. And he's exploiting defenses in really successful ways. And he looks smart, composed. I don't think he's going to win you games, but I think the important thing about Jake Browning is he's not going to lose you games. And that's, mm. that's why I think he can probably... He probably does, doesn't necessarily deserve a starting job in the NFL, but with the state of quarterbacks in this league right now, he probably mm-hmm. does. Whereas oh. Aiden O'Connell, I think, has that sort of self-destruction button where he could potentially lose you a football game, which is not what you want from a backup quarterback. You know, in, in college, Browning was a consistent guy, um, a reliable quarterback on a good team. He wasn't. He was never costing them games. Um, mm. Aiden O'Connell was also a good college quarterback. It never occurred to me that he would be an NFL starter. I'll be honest. Jake Browning, I thought he's someone who should have an NFL career, mm. probably a backup. And he's kind of been, he's sort of bounced around practice squad and all this sort of stuff. Aiden O'Connell, when he was quarterback at Purdue, he made Purdue really competitive. They would lose the games. You would absolutely guarantee they're going to lose. The ones that they would win, they would win quite comfortably. And the ones where you think they've got a chance, they would win. Again, he wouldn't cost them games. He just doesn't seem to have that real big time NFL. Exactly. And that's why we can't read anything into last night. And the same, the same with Jake Browning. I was seeing all these figures of like, here's, here's the, the, the only other quarterback that's put up similar completion percentage mm. numbers, Chad Pennington. Okay, great. Chad Pennington was a very reliable starter, good quarterback. But if that's if that's the measurement, then I mean, quarterbacks cool. in the NFL are bad right now. I mean, I would, we can yeah, we can blame Chad, COVID for that. Believe it or not, we can go down a. Well, I want to hear hear your take on that, Ben. Go on. Okay, well, the, what happened when when COVID hit? Mm. A lot of quarterbacks were not playing or they played very few games and it stunted their development. And they were also able to get extra years of eligibility. So we've, what we're seeing now is we're seeing quarterbacks because of that COVID season, staying in college longer. So they were already going to stay and get an extra year because they had, didn't have enough film to get into the NFL, into a position that they would like. Now with NIL, they can think, okay, well, if I'm not going to go first or second round, I'm, I can I can make a decent living staying, finishing my degree, getting a bit of money. And it means that we have had 
not enough high level quarterbacks come in over a over a regular kind of like period of time. So, you know, look at quarterbacks we're going to talk about today. Jake Browning, Aiden O'Connell, DeVito. These are not players who had any real shot at the NFL. And oh, hang on a minute. DeVito did. But this is it's a really interesting not meant theory, to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a really interesting theory and one I hadn't considered. That, Benny, that is why you're the brains of this operation. It's not a high bar, admittedly. Um, We've got to talk about DeVito a little bit. Come on, that is just... The great story. I wrote story. about Devita. I wrote that, about yeah, that is I one of the greatest Devita. stories I think I've ever witnessed in sports. I mean, that agent is genuinely like that can't be real. That's got to, this has got to be a script. This has got to be I an know, NFL he's, script. I, I, he's a good. I mean, this, this he's a reasonably established. Uh, I know, but uh, I just agent, still don't believe that, that he. he I don't believe the script of him standing next to Tommy Devito on the sideline. Like we haven't seen him really that prominent before. When do you ever see an agent standing no, next to it's his fu- quarterback fun. on the, the sideline? That's genius agenting because that's fun. what that is. But you know what? I we've talked before about um, this character that was at the Minnesota Super Bowl that was associated with the Giants. We've got a photo of him that we sent around a few times. That is, I mean, he's straight out Soprano Central casting, right? <laughs> now, that I, I don't think the the characters, the guys, fictitious. I do agree with you, proper. I think they've been accentuating it for for the camera and, and particularly what he was wearing. But I, I think, I think it's What's very what much... he was wearing. <laughs> well, you, but you'd be surprised. You'd I be know, surprised, but I just like. I just, I do. I saw someone tweet saying that I think every every team now, every franchise should have a third string quarterback who is a stereotype to the city that they play in. Nice. I think that should be, yeah, I think nice. that should be like a necessity from yeah. going forward. It's a vibe That's you have genius. like a sort of white, like a white linen jacket rolled up. I love it. What a great idea. That is. I, 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 it's, I love the fact that the giants have kind of embraced this, right? Yeah. Like you don't usually allow an agent to basically be in cosplay next to your next to your player on the sideline that doesn't happen <laughs> the giants the giants have bought into it do you know what it actually reminds me of it reminds me of jeremy lynn when we okay. had lynn lynn sanity in the nba when he went off for the new york knicks and he became an absolute sensation because if you do that in new york you become a national sensation and they had so much fun with it and then it died off and jeremy lynn was a bit part player which is what he was always going to be like tommy cutlets He's not even meant to be a bit part player. If he is, if he can parlay this into a backup gig in the NFL, and my God, especially if it's in New York, because it's perfect. He's got. I mean, I might just have to be the the law. The NFL might have to yeah. pass a bylaw that he he has to play in New York. 100%. I hope it continues. But my God, if anyone is thinking, "Oh, this guy's an NFL starter," this guy can no. Please don't think that he is not a long-term NFL starter. He's not even a medium-term NFL starter. My worry is, at the end of the season, Giants fans will think, oh, that was fun. He did just enough to ruin our chances of getting a quarterback yeah, of the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but I, as I wrote about this week for our friends USA Sports, probably saving Brian Daybold's job. I know it feels hot take central, mm-hmm. but if they kept going on tilt and ended up, you know, 2-15 and 15 or whatever, I think there's a very real chance mm-hmm. they might have had to yank him right but no i think last season he had enough i think he had enough enough from last season i see i i i kind of agree i agree with you here Nat, because 
if that sort of season happens, you might feel clean slate, new quarterback, yeah, yeah, new yeah. head coach, and a quarterback yeah. and head coach combo that's going to work together. Belichick if you think, coming oh, into the Giants, I love it. <laughs> See, I'm looking up this coach, um, this coach, this agent, Sean Stellato. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, okay, he's 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 definitely amping it up, but there are other pictures of him I know. wearing wearing similar kind of trilby esque 50s 50s mobster hats independently of being on monday night football so i don't know man i think it's uh we'll split the difference all right look let's regroup on last week yeah you, yeah. you apologize to everyone yet yeah? well i i feel that it should be uh tommy devito that apologizes to yeah, our true. listeners for not only screwing up my drew lock of the week which is, of course the pack is covering but also uh, uh by association are Moneyline treble, which was rolling until the Packers uh, failed to complete the circle and seal the deal. So bad week for me. Good week for you, Propo. You're now level on record with me, right? We're both now at 500. I don't know how I've managed to claw my way back to 500, but I have. It's been a oh. real, uh, real grind. I know how. I know how. You've Can't been channeling me. Oh, all right, you, here we go. Like, you've been, you were overthinking everything, and then you started to listen to what I was saying, and you got out of your own head. And I don't think actually... backing the I don't think backing the Bears <laughs> against the Lions can be compared to just betting I, against the Panthers every week. I I I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree, and here's why: you have okay, been paying it. You'd been paying attention to what the Bears have been doing the last few weeks. Mm, You'd been yeah. paying attention to what the Lions have been doing the last few weeks, and the lot that line just seemed really generous to Detroit. Yeah. You know, mm. like. It's and not perhaps off to both of you because I wasn't buying that at all. I thought that was great, great down. But you were bang on with that. Ben, did your lock land as well? Yeah, bet against the Panthers. It's the easiest thing of all time. And they should have never covered. I mean, as you said, you got a little bit concerned at one point. I mean, if the Panthers didn't literally punch themselves in the mouth every single offensive drive, then they, they would have easily covered that spread because the Saints and Derek Carr just are not very good. And I don't know why they're not very good. So you two no, now I mean, the... Yeah, solid work from both of you. Solid work from ChatGPT. As you pointed out in our WhatsApp group, Ben, you will remember, gang, if you listened to last week's show, ChatGPT went off on a bit of a random one, right? When talking uh, about the uh, uh, the Chiefs-Bills game, said there was going to be, what did he suggest? That the quarterbacks were going to switch teams. It's been great, crazy. Yeah, yeah, because they thought it was fun. Yeah, because so it was they, fun. Yeah. So it went off on this ridiculous hallucination which uh we we took the mickey out of chat gpt4 however i mean not not mm. far off right <laughs> given what happened at the end of that well, game i mean pretty far off but that's pretty weird no, though the chat that chat gpt no it is pretty weird yeah okay uh, you know off, but... the, the fact that you basically had patrick mahomes after that game saying the play should have stood because it was so much fun and instantly i thought oh my god chat gpt ChatGPT was calling this that it would be a crazy game and that, mm. that it would be about fun. It's not about fun. ChatGPT was right though. In like, fairness, there was that egregious pass interference call that didn't get called for the Chiefs the week before, and Mahomes did come out and say at the end he was like, "I actually don't mind that because yeah, I believe yeah, at the end yeah. of the games it shouldn't come down to referees; it should come down to the players on the field." So there is consistency there for Mahomes, and I feel like everyone suggesting that this is his villain art coming out, and the whole Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing means this is the beginning of the Patriots era of being the hated dynasty for the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs. I think that's being slightly overplayed. I still think Mahomes is more lovable than uh, Tom Brady is for various different reasons. But I oh I, I'm with you on that. I think yeah. that, well, not literally that point, but uh, or specifically that point. But I, I agree. I think calm down about with the Mahomes hate. Even like the interaction with Alan at the end, 
yeah. is completely taken out of context and overblown. Yeah, and exactly. he apologized. He said he, he admitted it was like heat of the moment. Yeah. And he, it, it just he was he he had he made he made a mistake in that moment and he owned up to it and he wants to move on and it's it's not a big deal. Mahomes is still a likable guy. He's not a mm. robotic and you know, Andy Reid. I don't think you can dislike Andy Reid, right? No, I mean if you no. do, I don't want you anywhere near this podcast, frankly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, I, I'm I'm with Mahomes also because not only did I have the Chiefs last week, but I also had Travis Kelsey over six and a half receptions, which would have made me go three and oh with the uh, the prop bets. Prop and I but then I have a question to you, which I should probably know more than you two. Does then that count as still count as a Travis Kelsey reception if he then laterals it to Kadarius Tony? Does Kadarius Tony just get the reception? No, it's the person who caught the pass. Yeah. So and then does but then does Kadarius Tony then get rushing yards? Yeah, that makes sense. No, because as we found out yes. last week, taking a knee, taking a knee, one also Justin Fields bet because taking a knee counted yeah, as three, G, three, genius. yeah, two yeah. rushes for Justin Fields. Was genius for Propo. Oh well, let, let's <laughs> ask ChatGPT Ben because you're closer to ChatGPT. Instantly, while Ben's doing that, we've got to decide which game we're gonna ask. Chat Wait, what am I asking ChatGPT now? Well, the question Ollie just asked about. Uh, does Canarius Tony get or well, don't worry if you, it's going to complicate you we can uh, we can find out afterwards let us know on just get in touch with the show at the NC show because that is how you do get in touch with the show on all social media channels we're at the NC show including a brand new YouTube channel lots of you subscribing to that videos from the show you can catch Ben's rant about FSU missing out on the college football playoffs that's just been uploaded by Seb and the crew so uh, go get involved with that at the NC show proper put the link in the show notes as well so you can just click on that straight uh, forward enough right let's get down to business Saturday Saturday I love Saturday games I yes, love so them I. I'm so when I realized there was Saturday it was a Saturday slate which I realized because Ben had pointed out in the WhatsApp group that it was a Saturday slate uh, the I oh, just filled filled my heart with joy three games and all intriguing because as we no, and as we've talked a bit about on the show with Iron Mike on Monday on the review show, seven and six is all the rage right now in the NFL. There are seven teams hitting the home stretch with a seven and six record and six of them in the AFC. And quite a lot of them are in action on Saturday, right? First four games or first four teams, I should say, in the in those games, Vikings, Bengals, Steelers, Colts, none of them. To your point a minute ago, Propo, about the problem with the quarterback position in the NFL this season, none of them had their week one starting quarterback starting mm. for them. And the Vikings-Bengals is a game I want to get into in a bit more detail. We talked about Browning. Let's talk about the Vikes because they're, of course, out of that group, the only NFC team with seven and six. And they're looking in pretty decent shape. That gives them the sixth seed in the uh, NFC right now. And there's clear daylight between um, those teams in the playoff mix and the team on the bubble, which is the Rams at six and seven. The Rams' better shot, I guess, is getting anyone in the West is is winning the division. So the um, Vikes have made a big call with Nick Mullen starting over the Josh Dobbs show. That hasn't started a game since 2021. What do we feel about that, Ben? Here, the team going, O'Connell going from Dobbs to Mullins to try and get him over the line. I mean, it's not working with Dobbs anymore. Mm. And, um, you know, we were... We were uh, doing the TalkSport Red Zone show um, on the Sunday night that Josh Dobbs had his kind of coming out party for the Vikings where he was absolutely fantastic, which really felt like it came out of nowhere. And even at the time felt like he's not going to be repeating this. You know, he's 
he's a second or third string guy. It's not going to get them over the line. And they they know. They've seen his ceiling. They don't like it. And it's just a, it's just another throw of the dice now. It's just trying to, or really, it's just throwing a load of crap at the wall and see what sticks. Maybe Mullins can do it. I've got not a lot of faith. But then he's only coming up against another backup quarterback on the, on the other side. So have I got any faith in Mullins? Absolutely not. Is it the right move to move on from Josh Dobbs right now? Probably just try something else. But that's what that's what it comes down to for so many of these teams who don't have a starting quarterback. Just keep trying until something works, even if it's for a few games. You might make the playoffs. Oh, what are you thinking about the call? I think you can't uh, really justify what the two performances that Josh Dobbs put up in the last two weeks. And I think that was um, they got obviously very fortunate to be the Raiders despite only scoring three points. The only thing that I think that Josh Dobbs gives you, which obviously has been slightly taken away and nullified in the past couple of weeks, is obviously the capability to create plays with his legs a little bit more, get outside the pocket, rush, have that Justin Fields element to him. But at the same time, every time we've witnessed sort of Nick Mullins come in in certain situations, he usually isn't bad at just throwing the ball. I think he's a better passer and pocket passer than Josh Dobbs. And I think when you're bringing Justin Jefferson back, you're going up against a Bengals team. This is a hint to a one of my um, prop bets going up against Bengals team that can't stop tight ends. So if they can get those easy throws over the middle to one of the best tight ends in the game, TJ Hawkinson, I think Nick Mullins is probably the better person and the better quarterback to do that and to exploit this Bengals defense. Josh Dobbs is more likely to make a mistake, whereas Nick Mullins, I think, will be able to make those easy completions when you've got Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne's back as well, Jordan Addison. like They've got a really good receiving group. You probably just want to have the better passer of the ball in there, and that is probably Nick Mullins um, from what we've seen from both quarterbacks throughout their careers. And I just think that you're going up against a team without Cam Taylor-Britt that does have a weak secondary. I think Nick Mullins is probably the better the better option at this moment in time. And don't forget, Nick Mullins has been with this team a lot longer than the uh, than Josh Dobbs. So he knows the offense a lot better. Yeah. He knows the various, that he knows the playbook a lot better. And I think that will massively help them going into this game. So, and, this... And, sorry, just to say, I mean, they, they've liked him enough there in the organization. They had a contract extension before the start of the season. So they they really felt like, He's the backup, which, you know, is still no mean feat to, for them to solidly feel you're the guy who's going to back up Kirk Cousins or whoever we, we replace Kirk Cousins with. With this matchup in particular, it's interesting because the Vikings, if they have had these offensive struggles, Jefferson, incidentally, who, of course, came back last week, went off injured. He's expected to suit up for them in this game. There's no doubt if there are questions around the offense about their defense, right? Just 15 points a game they're allowed since week six, which is the best in mm. the NFL right now. Brian Flores on another pod when we have time, we'll talk about his head coaching credentials for next season. He might well be in a frame for a step back up again. So how do we feel about this aforementioned chiming Bengals offense? Oh, the ground game starting to get going as well up against the Vikings D with the line at minus three, right? Since he uh, a three point favorites here. I really like Cincy in this spot, but I'm a bit concerned about, that particular dynamic Flores against Brown and Florence Flores scheming against Brown. Although you mentioned that we love no, Flores loves to blitz how capable Browning has been against the blitz. So how do you feel about this particular matchup? Um, I think it's going to be difficult. I do think if you look at who the Vikings have played during this period where their defense has 
really excelled. It is the Raiders, it is the Bears, it is the Broncos, it is the Saints, it is the Falcons, it is the Packers. Although that being said, they did have a lot of success, obviously, against the 49ers, holding them to 17 points the week prior to that Packers game. So it has been really impressive. I think this is going to be a game between two two backups. Like, I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be cagey. And my only concern is that three points is probably quite a lot. This is the kind of game where I think it's probably going to be decided by a field goal. I can't see either team coming out and blowing the other one out of the water. I know the Bengals did that to the Colts last week, but that was because the Colts kept making mistakes in critical moments. And I don't really expect Kevin O'Connell to allow that to happen. Nick Mullins isn't similar to Gardner Mincher in that way. He's not kind of boom or bust. He will be able to make those short plays, as I said. And I think it's all going to be about time of possession. Who's going to be able to establish the run and I think the Bengals will be able to establish the run because of what we've seen from them in recent weeks and I think they'll be able to get that going and again I mean you know me as the champion of the anti-Zach Taylor this offense fan club I can't tell you how impressed I've been with the way they've managed this offense with Jake Browning in there the amount of easy completions he's able to make but I think you'll have those throws to Jamar Chase going up against his secondary. I think Jamar Chase will be able to exploit the secondary. I think he's better than any of the cornerbacks they've got in this team. So I like the Bengals. My only fear is, is I expect this game to be kind of tight, cagey. I think it'll be close throughout and I think it will come down to whoever has the ball last potentially in this in this game, which is mental when it's Jake Browning versus Nick Mullins. But it feels like these two teams are actually very well, very well matched up. Mm. Okay, Ben, we'll come back to that because I'm thinking about it. It's on the bubble for me for my lock of the week. The if it was two and a half, I would love it, but it's three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair. Ben, what about you? Which way are you shading for your lock of the week this week? Oh, well, my this is this has been a really tough one um, this week in that mm. I was even like moaning to my wife this morning and she's kind of her eyes glazing over like, why your current wife? Tell me about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Her eyes glaze over most of the time you talk to her. Yeah, yeah, possibly. <laughs> Well, I mean, at one point I was, you know, I guess I think I said to you, I, I said like how well I was doing with my picks. She's like, how much money have you made putting? I'm like, yeah, I haven't put money on this. That's why I'm winning. She's like, okay, well, fine. Tell me, tell me when you've got some money off it. Anyway, I'm, I'm caught between two for my lock of the week. Okay. Right. So the first one is the dolphins against the jets. Now, I think I think the Dolphins <laughs> can <laughs> I think the Dolphins can destroy this Jets team. I'm not reading too much into that farcical finish against the Tennessee Titans. I don't I don't feel like that sums up the Dolphins any more than Zach Wilson having a good game sums up the Jets. Um greatest overhit by Nat, do you notice that the greatest overhit of all time, by the way, the Jets Texans? Nil nil at half time and the over still hits. Unbelievable. That's what incredible. Was the, what was the line? What was 34. The total? 34. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it was finished on 36. It was one of the greatest overs of all time. <laughs> um, so I, what I've seen is the Dolphins at eight and a half. Um, I feel this is a, they're going to win by double figures. I, I, mm. I'm pretty mm. confident on that. Um, and the other, the other one is um, the Browns to cover against the Bears. So the line there is, is just three. Um, so the, the Browns at home, Three, I feel like that that's basically the odds maker saying that's a pick 'em. Now, the Bears have done really well recently, and it's been built on defense. We were singing the praises of Montez Sweat last week, and that that addition has been the, the biggest boost to the Bears this year. It's not Jalen been... Johnson Jalen Johnson, by the way, Ben, is also an absolute baller. Yeah, he really is. He really is, and they should have locked down the contract sooner. Yeah, I thought like they don't gonna, people talk about them. him as much as they should be. He has been unbelievable this season. The the, the Bears defense has steadily improved, and Jalen Johnson has been 
at certain points, he's had some amazing games. On some others, he's been not mm. so good. But when he's good, he's really good. Mm. Montez Sweat completely changed the the dynamic of that defense. And I've you know I've I'll say it about any team, and I've been moaning about it with the Bears for quite a while. If you don't have a pass rush, you don't have a defense, and it puts so much pressure on everything else. If you cannot rush the passer, Montez Sweat, all of a sudden they could they could rush the passer, completely change the team. However, Yannick Ngokwe is now out for the rest of the season, and he was getting so many good matchups because of Montez Sweat. With Ngokwe out, I think there's going to be so much focus on Montez Sweat. I don't think I think that Bears pass rush that we've seen in the last few weeks, I think that's gone now. I think that's done. And I think the defense is going to revert back to how it was pre-Montez Sweat to a certain extent. This Browns defense obviously is fantastic. I don't like that for the Bears offense right now. It's going to be tight-ish, but I really feel like the Browns should be able to win by a touchdown, frankly. So, in fact, I'm going to say it now. My lock is the Browns covering minus three against the Bears. Wow, you see, you got into his head proper because I thought he was definitely going to go Miami then. And then when you when you smirked at him oh, going for that heavy favor, I won't lie. The, both of these is funny, but neither of these really like the Jets actually. Um, oh, like the the money is like it is a both of these games are pro Joe split. Funnily enough, but both of them going against Ben. But Ben is Ben is the sharp in this situation. You can't be seven and one and not be the sharp. I'm afraid. Sharp. So it's like yeah, no matter what the tickets and the money are saying. I think you've got to follow Ben Isaacs. He's the hottest man in hot handicapping man, the right man now. Sports gambling, I yeah. right. I, I'm confident about the Dolphins as well. I just, when I look at the two, the more I, the more I think about that Bears pass rush and what I, the drop off I expect and how easy that'll make things for Joe Flacco to just do the simple things. It just really pushed me into picking the Browns rather than picking the Dolphins. I've got two things to say right now. Firstly, Joe Flacco. And secondly, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> listen to some messages from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to have propos. Drew Lock of the Week, his prop bets of the week will have our money line and we're going to pick our FFS team of the week as well. So stay with us here on the NC Show. Welcome back to the Nat Coombs Show. It is Fitzdares Edge Rush. I'm your host, Nat Coombs. Ben Isaac's in the house. Propo in the house. Fitzdares in the house. Fitzdares.com is where you go for all your action if you're going to have some action this weekend on the NFL. Uh, remember, of course, if you want to get uh, a prop listed and it's not on the site, quoted i should say it's not on the site just hit up the live chat they will give you the price gamble responsibly be gambleaware.org but if you are going to have a flutter or two that is our preferred partner of choice we are proudly sponsored by them uh it is a fine crew to be associated with right propo over to you for your true lock of the week so again with ben i had a couple that i find that i think this week is very difficult i think there's going to be a lot of games we've seen quite a lot of sort of underdogs winning in recent weeks we've seen a lot of blowouts but i think if i've seen a week where i feel like the spread's really going to matter and i feel like the totals are really going to matter it's this one there's a lot of kg games where it's going to be quite hard to predict i think we're going to see a lot of field goal games um the, the ones i've been interested in I, i've got a lot of interest in denver versus detroit i just think that Again, obviously, having watched the whole of the Detroit Bears game last week, I'm I'm not convinced by this Lions team. Their defense still has a lot of problems. I think offensively, they're not getting. Everyone always just assumes that their line is their offensive line is protecting Jared Goff. That's not the case anymore. Their interior is really struggling, and that obviously we all know what happens when Jared Goff doesn't have time. That's when he sort of falls apart as a quarterback. And I think four and a half points is a lot. That being said, going up against a Denver Broncos team that can't stop the run, the Detroit Lions team with obviously Gibbs and Montgomery could absolutely destroy them. That's why I'm probably more tempted by the over. 
over 47 and a half in that one. I think it's obviously mm. inside in Detroit. It's a primetime game now. I like the overs in primetime games. And I think you could see a lot of explosive plays from Russell Wilson. And I think you could see Sir Jared Goff kind of back to his best. They've got Laporta as well, who no one's speaking about enough how brilliant his rookie season has been going up against a Denver team that can't stop tight ends. The over I'm really considering there going back to the oh, game. Oh, you know, just on that, on the yeah. over, mate, you know, we what did we call golf last week? The interception machine. Uh, yeah. The Broncos are the most takeaways since week seven, 18 yeah. takeaways since week seven. So, so that lends itself towards an over. If you have short I field, we like that so. for the overs. I think that is probably where I'm leaning. The other one is the Chicago Bears versus the Cleveland Browns taking the under 38 and a half. It's in Cleveland. I do think as much as what Ben said, without Ngokwe, that will cause issues. I still don't necessarily think Flacco is going to be light, lighting up this team. Going up against the Chicago Bears team, the, the offense isn't completely rolling right now. So I don't know if they'll necessarily be able to have as much success they've had in recent weeks going up against, obviously, one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the NFL. That being said, Joe Flacco actually is my deterrent for that one. Not necessarily because I think he's going to light this Bears team up, but more because he's been throwing interceptions left, right and center, giving teams short fields. And I think he's the kind of player because he just sort of stands back and throws the ball that he could kind of get rid of this. And it's quite a low number at 38 and a half. So I've been going back and forth throughout this. I relatively like, I also just need to be convinced like you guys just need to just get me off betting on Kansas City Chiefs. I just can't stop it. I know they get like <laughs> they're laying eight points away uh, going to the New England Patriots. Like who are this Kansas City Chiefs team to be laying eight points? There's a total of 37. They just can't put up enough points to be laying eight points. But that being said, I just can't stop it. Like seeing an angry Mahomes, hearing an angry Kelsey on his podcast. I just feel like I'm going to have to take the Chiefs this week. But I'm going to go over Love 47 that. and a half in Denver Broncos, Detroit Lions, I think. I think... It's obviously it's the it's the festive period. I think it's a great game. Both teams obviously needing to get the win. Russell Wilson, let Russell Wilson cook, or as uh, let as Mina Kimes is saying, because they have such like a dink and dunk offense the majority of the time. Let Russ make snacks, which I actually do. <laughs> I think that's a, yeah. a great quote. So I think let's make Russ. Uh, let's let Russ make snacks, and let's Jared Goff get back to his best with Montgomery kind of supporting him as well with the run game. So I'm going to take Denver Broncos, Detroit Lions over 47 and a half. Love that prop. Oh, that is, of course, one of the Saturday games. Well, depends on which side of the line you are. Sunday morning, Saturday night. You know the drill by now, right? I'm really big also on the Saturday game with the, the Bengals, as I say, minus three, even though, as Propo said, it's a tricky line. But I think I'm leaving that. The only the only other thing I want to throw out there, I like the Niners. So the line is mm. 12 against Arizona right now. Mm -hmm. the Niners have won nine games by 12 or more points this season. Yeah. I think they're in blowout kind of mode generally mm. against an Arizona team. Oh, you think a, tra a trap game? Trap no. line? No, okay. that's not a trap line because they're at home, the Cardinals. So like, yeah. I don't think that's necessarily a trap game. Like how much bigger can you really make this spread? Like, yeah. okay, fine, put it up to 14, but you're not saying the 12 and a half isn't there. If they put like nine and a half on there or like 10, yeah. then you're like, okay, that's a trap game. But 12 and a half isn't a trap, I don't think. Okay, so I'm going to go with i'm gonna go with the niners to cover i'm gonna go with the niners niners to cover against arizona over the Bengals. i do like the Bengals a lot though so it's kind of like a a 1a drew lock uh of the weekend that i guarantee now that the uh Bengals will come in <laughs> and the niners nine went after that right what game are we giving to chat gpt i think let's give chat gpt the dallas cowboys against the buffalo bills the bills Ooh, laying nice. minus okay. two so let's let's give that to chat gpt ben okay. if you could sort that that'd be perfect now we'll take honest. on bills cowboys yeah. I, I I mean, oh God, I've been going backwards and forwards all week on this one. I mean, as we talked about on the show, when the Bills were ostensibly getting written off to even make the playoffs, we said if they can get a couple of, obviously they need the wins to, get, to make the playoffs, but a couple of big scalps as well, that might give them the swagger 
that they need. And of course, they they've secured one of those, uh, albeit in fortuitous circumstances, some might say. And there is very much a sense of the Cowboys, like the 49ers, are rolling over everyone. They should make light work of it. Uh, and actually, the flip you flip back to the Bills in that situation. But I'm leaning Dallas because there are just too many injuries in this Bills D. I just mm. think that I think Dallas will. Uh, they have that versatility. They seem to have a real cohesion offensively right now. I feel that they are going to have to pose too many different questions for this banged up, short stacked Buffalo D. Even with the the Buffalo fight they've they've got um, to handle. Now I know it's going to be bitterly cold Buffalo fighting talk kind of zone in there, and I love. I mean Buffalo, as you know, are one of my favorite teams in the NFL, the incredible history, the fan base is just heavyweight. So it's going to be a ferocious, ferocious spot for Dak to go into. But I think this is, this could be Dak's year. This could be the breakout year for Dak. This could be a game where he cements the MVP argument. I think the offense have got too much rolling right now and they're, they're synchronized too well against this banged up Buffalo D. I like that. I like Dallas to take it. Thinking about this game as well as I actually, as if it wasn't necessarily the the weather situation, I'm going to keep an eye on the weather as it gets closer to the game. But I think I'll definitely be taking the over. I actually grabbed it at 48 mm. at the beginning of the week. It's gone up to 50 and a half. Lost a little bit of value, but I still think there's a a great opportunity for a shootout in this game. Weather dependent, of course. I think the Dallas Cowboys can exploit the weakness in the Bills defense, which is in the middle. Dak loves throwing over across the middle more than anyone else in the league. So I think that will exploit it. And I also think that you've got enough with obviously getting Dal uh, Dawson Knox back with Dalton Kincaid, with those tight ends. I think they can exploit the weaknesses in this Dallas defense. Even if they do manage to take away Stefan Diggs, I still think he'll be able to get the ball to Gabe Davis. The Buffalo Bills just always surprise teams. Like, I don't think I've ever yeah. seen them just line up James Cook as a wide receiver. And then they just start doing it pretty much the whole time against the Chiefs last week. But like, they're incredibly creative with this offense. Has to be said that mid-season firing of the defensive coordinator is starting to look like a really good move for the Buffalo Bills. And I'll be honest, Nat, one of my mates, I've got to give a shout out to Freddie, my mate, who's a big, big NFL gambler. He called me on a couple of Mondays ago and he was like, I'm going to go quite big on the Bills at 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl because if they mm. win out and they get into the dance, they've got a great opportunity. And yeah. I was like, no way. With this defense, there's no chance to be able to do it. And then I was thinking about it more and more as the weeks kind of went on. And I was like, and then it went down to 40 to 1. And I was thinking, I was like, if they like, there's no one really in the NFL right now outside of the Niners, which I said a couple of weeks ago, who I think are so dominant that the Bills couldn't yeah. beat them. I don't think yeah. there's another team in there. I don't think there's a team in the AFC. I think the Ravens have their weaknesses. The Chiefs do. The Dolphins do. Definitely. It's so if the Bills point. get to the dance, they yeah. have a really good opportunity. And off the back of a season like this, I mean, yeah. I'm not, I can't uh, get anywhere close to Freddie's take there, which is brilliant. But we kind of alluded to that, didn't we? we as I said just a minute ago, we were talking about if the Bills can somehow find their way into the into the dance, then they're going to have so much swagger because of everything that's happened and the big, big teams they've taken down and the stretch to do it. The confidence, and obviously they've got heavyweight, heavyweight players in there that ridiculously getting written off way too, way too soon. It's a really interesting take. And, and one that I guess, to your point, oh, has got more and more accentuated with this fascinating season we've got where it is basically the 49ers are and arguably the Cowboys are the only dominant teams consistently right now, right? The rest are, yeah. uh, you know. Okay, what's ChatGPT saying, Ben? Well, ChatGPT has got this as a, a, a reasonably close one. I I wanted to really push on ChatGPT. Remember, this is December. It's in Buffalo. ChatGPT says Dallas 24, mm. Buffalo 20. 
Ooh. Ooh, I like that. I like it because it ChatGPT's backing me, but oh, not keen on the over, clearly. Not keen on the over, no. But at the same time, who have they got? They've got like Case Keenum at quarterback for this or something like that. <laughs> <don't they? laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> JP Losman at quarterback, probably for, a, for <laughs> yeah. the Buffalo Bills there. Okay. Um, right. What else other business have we got to do? We've got to take care of what well, propos prop bets of the week. Let's do that. Yeah, so I'm starting with an interesting game, actually. Puka Nakua over five and a half receptions going up against the Commanders. A lot of people expecting Nakua's usage to drop off when Cup came back, but that has just not been the case. He's 10th in receptions, 5th in receiving yards, and 7th in yards after the catch, having an unbelievable rookie season. I love this matchup for him going up against a Commanders team that can't stop the deep ball. So I like Nakua over five and a half receptions. Next one is Monday Night Football. DeAndre Swift over 58 and a half rushing yards. Since week nine, Seattle has allowed the second highest explosive run rate and rushing yards per game while giving up the highest missed tackles per attempt. Swift has struggled the past two weeks, but that's going up against strong run Ds. I think this is a perfect matchup for him to get right in this game. And the last one, I've already explained it to you guys. TJ Hawkinson over 52 and a half receiving yards. I don't care who's a quarterback. The Bengals can't stop tight ends and also TJ Hawkinson is an absolute stud so it can be Dobbs it can be Cousins it can be Mullins give me TJ Hawkinson in this matchup over 52 and a half receiving yards love that prop oh right what about our money line acker which way are we going to go here uh any teams that we feel crazy strong about? I, I I like your confidence in the Chiefs propose so I like to propose they go in I like well, Chiefs Miami Rams Chiefs Miami Rams that's pretty decent. Let's see what hmm. that gets us. What are you thinking, Ben? On that, you gonna... yeah, no, I, I really like that. Actually, it's pretty much evens on the on on the uh, on the nose. So, so Fitzdays will give us a boost. Yeah, love that. Okay, so the Kansas City Chiefs in New England. This is straight up. Yeah, you got the Miami Dolphins at home against the New York Jets, and then the Rams at home against the Washington Commanders. That is our Fitzdays money line treble of the week. Lock it in. We're gonna back in the saddle with that one. Uh, the Peterman parlays in the capable hands of Ben Isaacs again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. I mean, there were some there were some pretty ugly ones. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick for this. So, nice. First off, the Steelers, um, they're they're underdogs against the Colts. Um, I think they're gonna. I think they're probably gonna win that game. It's gonna be the Mitch Trubisky show. It's so, a great Tomlin spot, that isn't it? It just feels like a Mike Tomlin game on a Saturday as an underdog going to a Colts team like in playoff contention. It just feels like it's got Tomlin written all over it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other one, we, you know, we, we can't be sure who's going to be, who's going to be the quarterback, but just the, the line, it makes me think something can happen. The Texans are two mm. and a half point underdogs at Tennessee. Give me Houston in that spot. I'm seeing three, Ben. I'm giving you three, mate. No, look oh, at really? that. Okay. The fine. season of goodwill from probably. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Um, and then, then it, then it gets tough. Then it gets tough. Um, I considered the Jags, they're three point underdogs against Baltimore. That's but I, 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 but I, I just I just can't feel confident on it. So do you know what? I'm gonna go I'm gonna go wild here. Now I'm 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 channeling you, Ollie, now because you can't spell bold without all. Nice. So nice. I'm gonna go with the Panthers, three point underdogs <laughs> against the incredibly erratic Atlanta Falcons. So I love that is- pick. I love that pick. I just don't know how I can love that pick, but just who knows from Ben. I know I this. Okay. I feel like this might be the one. This might be the Peterman pilot because that is insanely ugly, and I love every single one of it. There I you go. It. The seal, the stamp of approval from Proper, who loves an ugly Peterman pilot. Go get involved with that, right? That is all our Fitzstairs business, uh, our edge rush business. Let's turn our attention 
to our fantasy team of the week. Our daily fantasy league, of course, hosted by DraftKings. The Lacoon Show League is free to enter. So basically, contests run every week. Some you pay to play, some are free to enter, including uh, the every week contest courtesy of our friends from USA Sports who give up all kinds of much and prizes every week you can win. That is still uh, live in, for this week uh, right now in the uh, in the show league. Other contests put up by DraftKings that are free to enter, or you can play with the big dogs like Ben and Ollie, where you can put $5 in and play, <laughs> play with the whales for some cash. Any money we win from our show team, of course, we give to our show charity of choice, Shelter. You know the drill by now, gang. Right, who's picking the team this week? Ben, it's, it's you. Me. It? It's me, it's me, it's me. Oh man. I mean, I know I've not been good at this anyway this season, <laughs> but this this felt this felt tough. I'm focusing on just the Sunday games as well. Okay. Um, okay, fair. Yeah. Which does limit the options. So I wanted to get a couple of guys in who I felt should have should have big games, right? Like that I felt very confident about. And maybe I'm maybe I'm way off base, but these are, you know, I went with Brock Purdy because I just Love think it. the 49ers are going to kill yep. the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the other a lot of the other weapons that the 49ers were not good enough value to, to make the team. So mm-hmm. Brock Purdy at quarterback. Running back, I've got um Edwards Hilaire. I think the Chiefs can run all over the over the Patriots. And I've got Bijan Robinson against the Panthers, because at some point Bijan Robinson has got a some point it. soon, right? Yeah. At some point, maybe. Um and then at wide receiver, I've got DeAndre Hopkins um, up against the the Titans, Drake London up against the Panthers, and I've gone again. I've gone back to the Chiefs well, and I've gone Rice up against up against the Patriots because I think the Patriots suck. Got Dwight Schultz of the Texans against the Titans um, at tight end. I put the I put the Browns defense against the Bears because I think they will really handle that Bears offense. And then I just didn't know who to put flat end with. I looked at I looked at the the, the Packers Bucks games. I think the Panthers the Panthers. I think the Packers are going to win that one. And I went with Dobbs in the end, there in the slot, the wide receiver. So, um, yeah, I don't love it. I don't love it, but it's what I came up with. I went back and forth, and that's what I got to live with. Dwight Schultz that's at tight end is quite impressive, considering he's a seventy six year old American television actor. <laughs> I think I did that on the show once. I think I called it Dwight Schultz. I, 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 I got to say, I got to say, I clearly, I'm obsessed with Dwight Schultz. Dalton Schultz, apologies. I've done Dalton exactly Schultz. the same thing, Ben. Don't feel bad. I'm amazed that Propo knows who Dwight Schultz. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I thought when you said it that it was the office character. Why? Uh, I thought that was, okay. uh, but his name's not oh. Dwight Schultz. Yeah, so yeah. I then Googled it to double check, and it's obviously, so then <laughs> I, I, I won't lie. Well, if you ever watched an episode of The 18, no chance. I've, I've seen clips of it because obviously, like, I know who Mr. T is, but that's part of it. You know who Mr. T is. Okay, that's good. All right. Yeah, I do know who um, Mr. T is. The, <laughs> the, the show team we'll put out on social media. If you screen grab it, Ben, and send it to Seb, he'll, yeah. uh, he'll work it up, get it out on there if you want to follow Ben's thoroughly. Um, confident endorsement of, of this week's show team. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm filled with confidence. I don't know about you guys. Uh, go get involved. It's a lot of fun. Like I say, you don't have to spend uh, any money to enter it and have fun. Take us on, and hey, you could end up winning all kinds of good prizes. At the very least, you'll beat us by the sound of it. With that, hey, I don't know who I, I don't know how I could be talking given last week's abject failure. I think there's nothing worse than coming. I'd rather come dead last than you know eleventh from bottom or whatever the hell right. happened last week. But hey, we uh, we win sometimes, and anything we do win, along with of course all of uh, the natisms and other other things that come in uh, that we get fined, get fined for, we get fined for. We'll go to shelter at the end of the season, so uh, it is all for a good cause, right? That is pretty much all she wrote, I think, gang. We are back on Monday, except I say we're back on Monday. Propo never turns up for the Monday record anyway, so you can count on him uh, not being there. But neither will I, because I am traveling on Monday. 
which means that Ben, I'm sorry to do this to you, bud, but you're in the hot seat <laughs> with Iron Mike for, for Monday's show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. Um, I mean, very big shoes to fill. And that is the that is the big show of the week. Let's be honest. That's the big show. That's the big show. Mm. So under a little bit of pressure, but it's going to be fun. My it's the advice... easiest. I still think it's, with all due respect to Nax, he does an incredible job. In some ways, it's the hardest anchoring job in broadcasting but also in some ways it depends which method you do i've done it once ben and i just went with the idea of just do you know what i'll just say like three words this whole podcast and then just let him kind of just talk for the whole thing you kind of just take a backseat role and you just kind of say yeah this was a good week this was an interesting week wasn't it mike and then he just goes and he just runs through every single game but sporadically he'll come back to them and you just let the whole thing flow and then yeah nat's only issue is nat obviously tries to tries to actually interject and tries to actually give an opinion as well. That's his issue. Whereas if you just sit back and relax, Ben, then it's, just, it's easy, mate. The best is when you drop one-liners that Mike just goes, yeah, I just carry on saying. <laughs> no, the best is when he completely ignores your... I mean, obviously, I listen yeah. to the show every single week, editing it, and it's just uh, it's just the best when he just completely ignores what Nat says, just completely, just absolutely... We were joking no about it that on, one, uh, on one TV broadcast. He, uh, we were joking about it on the show quite recently, I think, with him. That he, I asked him a question, came came back from the action. I asked him a question. Uh, he interrupted the question before I finished actually asking it. So I didn't technically ask the question. <laughs> he answered for about a minute and a half. And then before I could say anything else, goes, but the question you really want to ask was this. Asked himself the question, <laughs> answered it, and then we were back. All I did was, let's get back to Alan Crisp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that he was, is. That's what you got to do on Monday, man. No, and it's also like the amount of like, basically because Mike can talk solidly for an hour, like without, like without breathing, without stopping, <laughs> we have to try and break at certain points in this show to obviously give our sponsors some time. And if Nat doesn't like literally force Mike to be quiet and like mute his mic, then literally I can't, I have to just like bang an advert break in the middle of one, one of Mike's takes and just hope for the best. The only thing you can do. Ben, you'll be well, fine. Cause you're a football coach, right? So you're used to coaching kids <laughs> yeah. and a parent as well so yeah, basically adopt a girls. lot of those yeah. principles yeah yeah also are I we mean... are we not slating mike didn't he i saw a tweet uh that he oh, yeah. utilized drew lock on a rival podcast yeah. i believe i appreciate who uh alerted us to that. let's just double back on Twitter i think it was uk check. tampa bay rays fan oh there you go bang on yeah. so thank you uk tampa bay rays fan yeah um and mike panicking and backtracking saying oh it was an homage that's fine it's yeah it's you take nicking the Drew Lock of the week. I'm Mike. You won't be listening to this show because he only listens to the episodes he's on. But we're gonna I have words with him about that on Monday, Ben. Stern words with him, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll bring it up. And listeners, please let me know how happy you are with the uh, with the performance of me and Mike, and whether I should just replace Nat on Monday. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. let me know. And by the way, I think it should be more than stern, I think it should be more than stern words. I think we should go like full Anchorman style broadcasting brawl. And I think I think we should all meet up in a parking lot and just go as podcast. All of the UK betting NFL podcasts just meet in a parking lot. Nat's obviously the one who says the only rule, obviously, is that there's no touching the face. Nat's obviously the one who says that. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I'm trying to think who would win. I mean, proper whoever's got Carlson. Whoever's got Carlson's going to win. Carlson's going to go proper rogue street fight. Barber and Brawl, Carson. He'll go Jack Del Rio on us all. <laughs> so we're well. We've got Carson, haven't we? Or don't wait a minute. Carson is this. I suppose it's Carson. Yeah, I don't know who's which side's Carlson on. It's He's a got wild to be on card. Side, who knows? See, when it comes down to oh, that is a that's a mid eighties WWE storyline <laughs> waiting <laughs> waiting to happen. I love it. That would be two Carsons. Brilliant. All right. Uh, well, enjoy that, Betty. Enjoy it with Mike on Monday. I will be listening. 
uh, on my flight back and uh, looking forward to hearing that show. And uh, we we uh, we give him a bit of a rough ride. But of course, Iron Mike is the legend, the GOAT. And uh, looking forward to getting his take as ever on the Monday shows. Looking forward to catching up with you boys next week as well for our Christmas Edge Rush FFS special, which we're recording. What did we agree, lads? Thursday. We're recording that. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah. Um, Asmir Begovic in between. Asmir, who was meant to join this week, uh, we had some schedule issues, so he's he's on the show next week. So as we're recording that uh, on Wednesday, so that should drop Wednesday as well. So lots of NC show coming your way over this festive period. Look after yourselves, boys. See ya. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network.